Hello, and welcome to Dope Conversations Podcast. I am your host, Bikita Pegram, and I am going to give you something to think about. Well, hello, my friends. We are back at it again this week. Y'all, this is episode number 10. I am so excited. Full disclosure, a little transparency. I'm excited that I have been able to produce 10 episodes because when I started this, I was a lot nervous, a lot nervous about talking about black experiences and the level of off the mics things that I had to do, the research, learning the new equipment. The equipment took me about a month (laughs) to get under my belt because I had to find the right equipment for me and the right equipment for the show. And I've been able to do that and things are going pretty well. I'm super excited and I wanted to be able to keep this up because again, as I've said on other shows, my sharing of news and sharing of topics and education is my activism. So thank you for those of you who have been tuning in since day one. I appreciate it. And let's get going. So today's topic is closely related to code switching. When you think about code switching, it comes from the awareness that we have to make ourselves more relatable. And that comes in changing our dialect, changing our hair, changing our our clothing, changing those things, our behaviors, mannerisms that may make white America a little uncomfortable. So we change those things so that we can survive in, in white spaces and spaces that we are not the majority. So what I want to first talk about is black assimilation. That is a process in which a black person begins to act like, talk like society's majority group. So they assume their values, behaviors, beliefs, and that may be fully or partially, and that partially could look like co-switching. Or that fully could be like, you know what, I'm just going to completely embrace white America, and that's what I'm going to do. So when we think about learning what is expected and acceptable in America, we get these things from TV, but also from conversations and seeing other people going through different situations in America and how it played out for them. When we think about assimilation, that is exactly what colonization was meant to do. That's why Christianity was used to spread the religion, but also to teach them how to dress like America and talk like America and act like America. So when we think about assimilation, it is really leaving your value system, your belief system, your behaviors and those things behind so that you can be more Americanized. So when I think about black assimilation in particular, I love the show Blackish. I love the show Blackish because quite often this family 
I can relate to because they go through some of the things that I've seen and, and gone through myself. Well, on this episode that I want to share this little clip with you, I found on YouTube. Junior is having his own black assimilation and I want you to hear it. So I'm going to play it and then we'll talk about it. I want to have a bar mitzvah. Oh. And before you say anything, I know we're not Jewish, but Zach knows a rabbi who's great at pushing through conversion. So hold on. So you'd be willing to forsake your own religion to have a party? Short answer, yes. Are you listening to this? And, Dad, now that I think about it, if I do, you won't have to worry about anyone calling me Andy anymore because when I convert, I'll get a Hebrew name. I'm going to go with either Shlomo or Shmuel. What? Both pretty solid, bro. Shut up! Shut! You know what? Family meeting! Everybody, round the table, now! I smell a group hug coming on. I'm going to the track. Wow. So that we, you know, we laugh at that, but that is true. I mean, it happens. It's it's a real situation. And that is exactly what black assimilation in America looks like. When your kid comes home and says, I want to change my name. You want to do what? I want to change my name because they said it's too hard and they can't pronounce it. So you're sitting in your school the message that it's okay to change you. It's okay to change your name. And I don't agree with that. And I don't agree with that because I have a hard name. <laughs> and I get it that, yeah, it's going to make it difficult for people to pronounce your name. But I believe they can do it. You know why I believe they can do it? I believe they can do it because they can say this. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. If they can say supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, they can say Bikita. They learn the word. They spell the word. It was fun. I said the word when I was little. Everybody watched Mary Poppins. But why do I have to change my name if you can say supercalifragilisticexpialidocious? I won't make any exceptions on my name anymore. It's Bikita. You can say all kind of other things. You can take the time to learn to say my name, and it's Bikita. It's Bikita Pegram, to be exact. And we have to stop allowing people to change our culture to fit their needs. And I feel like even simple things like your name, even beyond the pronunciation, some parents, myself included, have made it intentional effort to name their children names that would be easy enough for white America to say, but not identify, also to not identify that their child is black. So when an application comes across Mr. CEO's desk, that they won't be able to throw the application to the side just based off of the name. When they see Bikita, Okay, they question. That's a, a either a Hispanic lady or a black lady. I'm going to get bypassed more often than not, but that's okay. Because I'm persistent and I'm going to keep doing it and I'm not changing my name to help you feel better. So I myself, like I said, I named my children both names that hopefully 
when their name comes across an application, a loan application, a job application, it would not be so apparent what race they are. That is not okay that we have to do that in America. So it looks like changing your name, adjusting your name. It looks like adjusting your parenting skills. Blackish um, addresses that a lot on their show about how their parenting has to be adjusted from what they grew up with. And I see this a lot. Um, my children never did time out. But I'm seeing that is a, a practice now of black America taking on a lot of the parental strategies of white America. So when we think about what they can wear to school, uh, ability to have a cell phone, how young they're getting cars, all of this, some things, you know, black parents are like, no, my kid's not doing that. But now I'm seeing more and more black kids doing that. So when we think about parenting, we think about naming our kids, all that stuff has to be related to black assimilation. But also how we dress professionally at work. I remember my first day as a teacher and we had orientation and I went business casual because I'm thinking teachers, professionals, career, I was so excited. And when I got in there and I saw people in t-shirts and jeans and tennis shoes and I'm like, whoa. Okay. And I just remember my grandmother on my mom's side always telling us when you go to the doctor or anywhere you dress up, you go to the doctor dressed up. <laughs> now, we don't go to the doctor dressed up. When she went out, she was dressed to impress. When, man, everybody can tell you, this is a, a prime example of what I'm talking about. HBCUs and PWIs have a very different dress code. Anybody that has been to an HBCU, you know that when you go to your nine o'clock biology class, you're going to be clean. But at a PWI, they're really relaxed and chill, like jogging pants, T-shirts, slides, chilling. We go like we are going on a fashion tour. And it's so funny because I see students at the campus that I go to dressed up. But then there's some that are dressed down. It's probably not as prominent as it was um, when I went to school. But that is something that it happens. Um, I just think we have to now be more mindful of the things that we're doing that we may not have been aware of that are actually us assimilating to the culture and that the culture accepting who we are. And that's important. When we start changing our culture to fit in, to survive, it's cold switching and it's black assimilation and it's losing ourselves. And that's the part that's not okay. It's okay to take on the culture of the country that you live in, but the culture can't, or the country can't almost demand it. And that's the problem that I, I see, that it's almost demanded. 
when someone is very comfortable saying, what else can I call you? Because I can't say Bikita. Do you have something else you go by? No, my name is Bikita. Those things may seem small, but they're not. You're changing your name to fit in a situation or an environment to make someone comfortable. Why aren't they worried about making you comfortable? Why aren't they worried about, oh, let me make sure I say her name right so I don't offend her. So now is the time that we need to talk about what we can do and how we can address this and make sure that it doesn't happen so often. So with that, I want to talk about on the block. Our time in the episode where we talk about things that we can do on our block to give solutions and take action. Okay. So one, no nicknames. I don't care what your name is. With given name by your parents, they gave you that name for a reason. They looked at you and said, oh, she looks like a Bikita. So how insulting is that to our parents when we change our name to accommodate Mr. CEO? Take pride in your name. Know that name came from a place of love. Use your birth name. No matter how cultural it is, use your name. Second, it's okay to be you. It's okay to be black and you still can be successful in America. But that only works if we as a collective say no more. No more changing my name. No more making me change my hair. Be who you are in America right now today as a black person again unapologetically black is our mind frame going forward and number three co-stitching co-stitching is a new term that dr barner dr fred barner with prairie view university has coined and um he and i are working on an op-ed as a matter of fact right now related to co-switching and co-stitching Co-stitching is you being you and leaving that instead of switching, leaving that in whatever environment you're in, leaving that in whatever context that you're in, knowing that you can wear your hair exactly how it grew out of your head to the interview and it's okay. But all of us have to start embracing that and not judging each other for doing it or not doing it because everybody's not going to be where you are. So by no means am I saying, oh, well, you're wrong for still doing that. I'm just saying, I hope you get to a place that you can do it, that you can be who you are. So take away from this week that black assimilation is not necessary to succeed if we all are persistent in being unapologetically black. Be you. Don't sub your name. Be you. Stop changing your hair just because you got to go to an interview. Be you. Leave who you are in that environment by not changing who you are to be in the environment. So I want to say thank you this week for listening. And thank you for following me on Instagram and Twitter. For those of you who are not following the podcast, please follow the podcast. You want to make sure that you get to hear and um, follow the episodes. You don't want to miss an episode. It's about to get really good because at the end of this month, 
We are actually getting to hear from Dr. Travis Smith from the University of Florida, and he'll be on to talk about just what we've been talking about all month, how to be you in comfortable in white spaces in academia, but that also will spill over into your everyday life. So I look forward to talking to him next week and you'll get to hear it again on Saturday. So y'all, I just hope you have a great week. Go ahead and follow, subscribe, leave a review on Anchor, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and please leave a review on any other podcast platform that you listen to me on. So join me next week when we talk to Dr. Travis Smith and go forth and be great. Pick it out.